chapter 3 week before last we started a series called unblocked everybody say unblocked it's time for the church to get unblocked time for some things that have been uh, blocking the flow of God's grace God's anointing God's power and his presence to be undone removed so that we can get the flow restored to the body of Christ Look at this, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 16 in the New King James Version. The Bible reads, Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth. Say, I have ears to hear. And give them a warning from me when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. And you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Verse 20, again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block, say block, say it again, say blocked. I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning, he shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, say, I shall not sin. It wasn't as many voices that time. Say, I shall not sin. And he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning. Also, you have delivered your soul. What God says then is that as the watcher of the wall, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor, as the watchman on the wall, you've got a job to keep your ear to the spirit. Don't keep your ear to the ground. Keep your ear up to what the spirit is saying. And when you hear the warning of God, there's a demand on your anointing to teach the people the way that they should go. This is not the time to be friendly and buddy-buddy and sugar-coated. This is a life or death matter. You'll remember that Moses said, Today I call heaven and earth to witness it against you. I'm laying before you life and I'm laying before you death. Therefore choose life that you and your descendants may live. He laid it out before them and the people over the years that did not take his warning, their blood was on their own hands, but Moses' hands were clean because he told them the right way to go. See, my job is to tell you the right way to go. It's your responsibility to become a hearer and a doer. If you heard it and don't do it, that's your fault. 
but I refuse to be before God and be found with a blame on my record because I did not share with you what he clearly shared with me. So I've got to be the watchman, got to be sober, got to be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is walking around seeking whom he may devour. I've got to be on guard so that I can put you on notice. Hey, there's a lion coming. Hey, there's a snake running through the garden. You need to look out for that. Hey, hey, there's a trap that's been set for you and you've got to adjust your life so that you don't get caught up. Say out loud, I will not get caught up. If you have that picture for me, I'd like you to show it on the screen. I told you, you look at this picture, everybody can see this pretty good? Yes, no? Give me a nod if you can, if you can see it. This is a picture of a blood clot. It is blocking the flow of blood in the brain. When this happens, we call it a stroke. A stroke occurs, and because there has been a stroke, do you see uh, what, it's my left, so I don't know what side it is for you, but above that blockage, how there's only a little bit of red circles? Y'all see that pretty good? It's only just a few red circles. Those red circles represent blood. And because there is a blockage in the pipeline, blood can't get to where it needs to get to. And because there is no blood going to that part of the brain, that part of the brain begins to die. And the sooner you realize that a stroke is what's happening, any doctor, any nurse will tell you the thing with strokes is time. Because the longer the blockage sits there, the worse the damage is going to be. But if you can get in quick and remove the blockage, all, you see all the red circles behind the blockage? If you remove the blockage, all that blood goes to where it needs to go. Look at this picture. This is not a picture of a blood clot. This is a picture of Mount Zion Christian Ministries. And if you examine it very closely, you'll find that we can switch out the name of the blockage, but the reality is the same. We're blocked. And because we are blocked, there's a whole anointing flow. There's a whole grace flow. There's a whole power flow. There's a whole presence of God flow. But it's being blocked up by these little idiosyncrasies. And because of that, whole parts of the church, whole parts of the body of Christ are dying. If you've ever known or studied about strokes, what happens, a person begins to have slurred speech because the center that controls talking is being affected. There's not enough blood going to it. So now you've got slurred speech because now that there's been this blockage, the church is living in a condition of slurred speech. Nobody knows what we mean when we say stuff. Nobody knows. I, I thought God was a healer. I thought he was a deliverer. But then with the same mouth we bless, we turn around and curse. You've got slurred speech because you are blocked. The, another condition of a stroke is that you can be paralyzed on one side or totally or up or down on your body. And because of the blockage, you cannot move. The church has been blocked and now there is some paralysis in the kingdom because we're not moving in the spirit like we should. Why aren't we moving Pastor Jay, why isn't it growing? Why isn't it doing? You're blocked. You got quiet. You're blocked. Bring me down some. I'm getting too much feedback up here. Thank you. Uh, you you're, being, you're being blocked. You're being obstructed because of this thing that's blocking up the flow. If I pulled a clot right now and I had it in a bag, you would not be able to see it on this stage. 
You could zoom in your camera as much as you wanted to, but you would not be able to see it. It's amazing, isn't it, that something so small could kill the entire body. What you will find as we continue and deal with stuff, the blockages are not major issues, so to speak. It's the little foxes, Solomon said, that mess up your whole garden. It's that uncared for, undealt with weed that will devour everything that you have worked for. Do you know if you, if there's a certain part in this particular building that we have, there are certain parts that if they get cracked, the whole building will come crashing down. There, there's certain pieces, there's certain things. We got a whole bunch of cords. There's certain connections that have to be made because if that one connection is not made, all this up here goes mute. It's the little things, and we've got to deal with the little things. One of the things I want to deal with today, last time we talked about uh, uh, dealing and confronting when offense comes. Go to that person, been too blocked up, too, too constipated with I don't feel like they value me, too dealt with, too full of ourselves that they, they offended me, they did me wrong. And rather than going to that person directly, one on one, we go to everybody and their third cousin, done resurrected old folk to talk to them about what has happened instead of going man to man or woman to woman or even man to woman or woman to child or man to child. We don't deal with stuff and that's why we are blocked. But we gave a reset last week so you should still be free at least from that blockage. Amen somebody. Today I want to deal with the blockage of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a killer. I know of a story I won't tell all the details of it, but I shared this with, with Tim not too long ago. There was a woman whose husband had cheated on her, had fallen out of love with her, if you will. And the testimony that she gave goes that she became very sick because she did not forgive him completely for what she had done to her. I heard a story just yesterday. Lady was sharing with me that her grandmother uh, uh, could not stand her ex-husband. Because in the time that they were together, they had, I think she said, five children. But he had fathered about seven or eight in the duration of the five that she had. So she birthed five children. But in between child one and two, there were two other children by two other women. Do you see what I'm, y'all catch, catching what the story was? And she had this unforgiveness in her heart that she would never forgive him. There's the story. The lady told me the story, and she said she was dealing with some kind of, I think it was some sort of cancer she was dealing with, but she started to get better. She was getting better, and she was on her way out to be discharged, and she'd gotten home, and people were visiting with her, and one of the sons said, uh, Ma, I just wanted to let you know, Pop, her ex-husband who fathered the other children, Pop just wanted, to know, wanted you to know he was thinking about you and hope you're doing well. And she said, like, like something rose up in her, and he, she said to those people, to her children and grandchildren who were there, he don't have to check on me. He don't ever have to worry about me. I'll be fine. I'll be all right. Whatever, whatever. And the kids and the grandchildren were saying, it, it sounds like you're still holding on to it. It sounds like you're still struggling with it. And she said out of her mouth, I will never forgive him. The next day, her blood pressure went through the roof. 
She was rushed to the emergency room. They went to the hospital to visit her. They got kicked out the room because she started to deteriorate almost 24 hours from the time she said, I'll never forgive him, she was gone. Unforgiveness is a killer. It's a blockage. And if you don't remove the blockage, something so small will kill the entire body. Are you here, church? We've got to deal with the blockage of unforgiveness. And I know it's a trigger word in church. It's something that we talk about all the time. But can I submit to you that maybe, just maybe, we need to talk about it a little bit more. That, that maybe it's just that big of a deal that we need to hear it more often. We need to walk in, uh, uh, in forgiveness and let go of unforgiveness. The reality is we need to forgive. Help me preach. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to forgive. Look at somebody else and tell them, you need to forgive. Find somebody behind you so you don't go to sleep. We, you, we need to forgive. You need to forgive. Forgiveness is only needed after you've been offended. You don't have to forgive anybody and they've never done anything to you. Folk be getting up talking about, I forgive everybody. You ain't got to forgive everybody. Everybody ain't done you wrong. You only need to forgive the people who have hurt you or offended you. As long as I've done nothing to you, we in good standing. We're on the same page. We boys, you my girl, we, we're rocking side by side. But the minute I offend you, the minute that I hurt you, and sometimes it is on purpose. Say amen to that. That means, well, we're going to deal with it. We're going to get unblocked. Let's get unblocked. Sometimes we hurt people on purpose. We know it's really careful. You got to watch this with husbands and wives and even with parents and children. We know what buttons to push to get what reaction. It's almost like when you go to the bank and you put in your PIN code. You know what number to put in to get your money at the bank. You don't go to the bank and try to put in my PIN number. It's not going to work for you. But if you go and put in your PIN, all that's in there is going to come out. And we know how to push each other's buttons to get whatever kind of reaction that we want. Sometimes when we hurt people, it is on purpose. And if you won't say it, I'll admit, I have hurt people. I may as well be transparent on the first Sunday in February. I have done and said things to just get at people on purpose. Folk be talking, you know, just charge it to my head and not my heart. No, baby, I planned that one. I planned that out from start to finish, and you was right in my hand exactly where I wanted you to be. You may as well just own it. And sometimes, say sometimes, we hurt people by accident. Wasn't nobody thinking about you. I was trying to do X, Y, Z. My mind was here. I didn't mean to offend you, but it doesn't change that you were offended. And the thing about unforgiveness, I, and I'll put it to you this way, you cannot stop yourself from being uh, uh, done wrong. Everybody, you got, a, you got a heartbeat at some point in your lifetime, somebody's going to do you wrong. Somebody's going to say something, they're going to look at you, they're going to profile you. Something is going to happen that will give room for offense. You can't control who hurts you, but you can control how you respond. And the response of a believer, born again Christian, how many of those do I have in here? The response of those people should be to forgive. Forgiveness is 
twofold. If you do not forgive, I told you this, if you do not forgive, you're killing yourself. I've told you this before. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die when you hold on to unforgiveness. Now, don't that sound crazy? I'm going to go and get a full bottle of cyanide that's rat poison and drink it and then watch you to, and wait for you to fall over. I mean, and we watch with anticipation. Like, they're not, mm, they, they not getting it. They're not, they not feeling it. They're not hurting like, like I'm hurting God. And then you in the ICU uh, strapped to a bed somewhere with IVs because you didn't learn how to let it go. Forgiveness is twofold. Number one, you must forgive what happened. And number two, this is the one we struggle with, you have to release how it made you feel. Most of us, everybody say most, most of us get to step one. We can forgive what happened, but the one, that, that, that blockage that's holding us up, we hold on to how it made us feel. Want to know how I can prove it to you? Because if I talk about the right thing around you, you will react in such a way that you can make it sound like whatever happened to you happened yesterday. You ever had talk, you ever talk to somebody like that? They start going on and on and on and, and then they did this. And then he said that. I couldn't believe this was here. And I was just all kind of way. And then you ask them, man, girl, when did this happen? And because you read it, you read to rise up with them. You read to go roll out and meet them. And they say, oh, child, that was 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Why are you talking about it like it happened yesterday? They ain't going to sit dignified in church like, I forgive. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Forgiveness is twofold. It's twofold. You got to forgive what happened to you and release how it made you feel. I can forgive most people for how it made me feel, or, or, or rather I can um, forgive what happened because I charge it to them as ignorance. That's what Jesus did for us. Didn't you remember what he prayed? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. I can forgive you for what you did, but there's got to be a release of how it made me feel. And can we just be honest for the sake of getting free? Sometimes people can hurt us. Can we, just, can we just own that? I mean, ain't no sense in trying to act like, oh, no, nothing gets to me. Nothing bothers me. Sometimes people can hurt us because we're all human. Did you ever think that if the Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit, don't aggravate God, don't offend God, don't abuse God, if God can be offended, what, 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 what you think you're doing talking about, no, I just release everybody. No, you can be hurt. You can be wounded. You can be, you can feel some type of way. I'm waving. I'm not getting no waves back. You can feel some type of way when things occur and when they happen. But what we've got to learn to do is forgive. I'm running out of time. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Look at this. Look at this. Matthew 6, verse 12. Jesus says to pray this, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Stop right there. Forgive us our debts. Now, most of us learned the Lord's Prayer in Sunday school. A mama taught it to us at home. Some of you actually learned it in school. School, forgive us our debts as, wait a minute, y'all see that word, as? Forgive us as we forgive. Can I tell you something that you probably didn't realize you were praying? Lord, forgive me only at the level that I forgive my brother. 
and y'all can read, and then there was, and forgive us our debt as we forgive those who have become indebted to us. King James, I think, is forgive us our trespasses. Sounds, sounds, sounds more, sounds more sanctified. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. You only can be forgiven at the level that you forgive. Drop down to verse number uh, 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Say amen to that. That's good news. If I forgive you for doing me wrong, God will forgive me for doing him wrong. That's good news. I got a, ch- I got a get out of jail free card. All I got to do is forgive you. Next verse. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And nobody wants to stand before God with a mark on their record. So why would you let me stand before you with a mark on mine? You'd just forg- you'd forgive me. When we say, uh, Lord, I apologize, I shouldn't have done that. Please forgive me. How fast do you want to be forgiven? Somebody snap, somebody blinked. You want, right then, how fast do you forgive people? Is it? Is it, is it that fast? Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it that quick? Everybody blink your eye right quick, blink. Mm-hmm. Is it that, that's how fast we want God to forgive us. And the scripture says, as soon as you start forgiving other people that fast, I'll forgive you that fast. Matthew chapter, excuse me, Mark chapter 11, verse 25. I want to speed it up and go through these. Mark 11, 25. The Bible says, and let's see, let's see. Let me get to it. Mark 11, verse 25. Is it up there yet, y'all? Not yet? Okay, let me get to it. I got it here saved. Mark eleven twenty five. 25. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone. What that, what that, what's those next few words? You got anything against, when you stand to pray, talking about we, I pray every night. If, when you go to pray, if somebody's done something to you, forgive them. You know what this verse didn't say? Wait for them to ask you to forgive them. Didn't say that. Didn't say wait for an apology. It just says, you know you heard, go ahead and forgive. So that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. This whole little passage of scripture is about faith and moving mountains and speaking what you want and having it manifested. And then out of nowhere, it's like the gear shifts. But wait, if you have unforgiveness, none of that stuff in front means anything. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It's one of my all-time favorite scriptures. The Bible says, and be kind to one another. Kindness is a character trait of every Christian. You ought to be kind. You ought to. Y'all see how quiet it got? You ought to be kind. You ought to be a kind person. It ought to be. A, when people stand up at your birthday parties, at your retirements, at your celebrations, and say, so-and-so is such a 
kind person. That's what they ought to be able to say. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Watch this. Even as God in Christ forgave you. The only reason why God forgave us is because Jesus asked him to. The only reason why God forgave you and put you in right standing with him is because Jesus went to the cross and said, let my blood pay the debt for their wrong. Everything that they did wrong, I will become it. God made him who knew no sin to become it for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And it pleased the father to bruise the son on the cross so that all of his children children could come in and be known as the redeemed and the beloved of God if Jesus could do that for you surely you can do it for me surely you can do it surely you can do it for me surely I can do that for you this says just like how God forgave you so forgive one another how fast do you want to be forgiven fast how fast do I need to forgive you fast quick fast and in a hurry I can and you know what God will never tell you to do something that you can't do because I can sense you pulling and struggling with that well and and we see and you just don't under and well what if they do it it God won't tell you to do something if you couldn't do it be kind one to another you can do that Love your neighbor as yourself. You can do that. Give and it will be given back to you. You can do that. Walk before me and be blameless. You can do that. He will not put anything in front of you that you cannot do. And will run to be blessed in the city, be blessed in the field. And everything you put your hands to will prosper and you're divinely protected. We need to run to forgive as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Colossians 3, verse 13. The Bible says, bearing with one another. Sometimes I just have to put up with you. If I was a psalmist, I would say, Selah, sit quietly and think about that. Sometimes my kingdom responsibility is to put up with you. Not to try to change you, not to try to judge you, but acknowledge where you are and bear with you. Another verse would say, bear one another's burdens. Help you, hold you up as you continue to strive for better in where you are. And forgiving one another. Watch this. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you. So you also must do. Say, I will forgive. Look at Luke chapter 17. 17 verses 3 through 4. The Bible says, take heed to yourselves. If a brother, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. It's the craziest thing to me that we'll go and tell people how they did us wrong. They'll look us square in our face with sincerity and say we're sorry and we walk away still holding on to it. If they go through the trouble of saying forgive them, baby, you know what you need to do? Forgive them. 
I don't know what we'd be waiting on. I don't know if we're waiting for, for, the, for the sky to fall on them, for their house to burn down. You know what we are really looking for? We're looking for vengeance. We're looking for a, a, a recompense. We're looking for a get back at them moment. That's why we can err in the spirit of pettiness because we want to get back at them the way they, that, gave, that they got back at us. But you know what God says about vengeance? It belongs to me. He said that ain't for you to worry about. I'll repay it. And do you know that if God says I'm going to get vengeance, what he can do far supersedes whatever I could come up with. I'm crazy. So at a certain point, you know, I used to think about people uh, when they'd be on the corner and they had these little signs about uh, home, family is homeless. And all. I saw this sign the other day. This man was at the street. And I'm not laughing at this man's condition, but it's just how my mind processed it. He uh, was on the corner. can't remember whether it was Tavola or Freedom Drive out for 85, but he was on the corner. And the little sign was like homeless family of five living out of a car. And my funny self, I was like, where's the car? I know y'all look, don't judge me, because don't judge me, don't do that, because you do the same thing. I was like, where's the car? Where, where's the car at? You ever seen somebody with a, home, with a sign that says that they're, they're homeless and they're in need and they don't have, but they got a dog that's better kept than some of our kids? I'll be asking, hey, wait a minute, wait, wait, how can you afford pet care if you don't have a house? I mean, the people could themselves could be looking real ragged, but that dog is eating good. Yeah, darn it. That dog looks good. I, how is this happening? And you know what I started to do? I used to be like, no, nah, I'm not giving to people. I'm not doing that because it's a scam. You ever talk, you, I mean, y'all ever been like that? No, nah, they're they trying to pull a fast one on me. And somebody asked me that one time, why'd you give that person money? You know they're just going to take it to go get whatever. I looked them and I said, vengeance belongs to God. So it's not for me to police what they do with it once I have given it to them. I'm just supposed to be kind. I'm not telling you to go give to people because if you don't, I'm not saying you're sinning. I'm just saying I'm, my job was to be kind. I felt compassion. I gave it to him. If the man takes it and goes to buy a fifth of liquor, that's between him and God. Ain't for me to get in my car and follow him like some of us have and see where they go just to see and then pull up and say, see, I knew you wasn't no good in the first place. Vengeance, the repay, the recompense, it belongs to God. Do you know what that means? That's good news for somebody because this means that today you can let it go. This is your prophetic word for the rest of 2022. If you really want to get in God's new, you're going to have to let some stuff go. And forgiveness, like everything in Christianity, is an act of your will. You're not going to wake up one morning and just oh, feel the need to forgive. You're going to wake up feeling all you're going to be feeling, and you got to roll over on the side of the bed and say, even still, I choose to forgive. And it's when, you remember, it was in Genesis when the Spirit was hovering over the water that it was after God said, let there be light. Boom, the Spirit made light appear. It was after he said, let there be waters and let there be a division and let there be grass and let there be animal. It was only after God made up his mind, I'm going to create, that the Spirit got to moving and creating. Maybe we aren't free because we really haven't made up our mind. We're going to let it go. But the minute you make up your mind, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to be free. I'm going to be released. I'm going to be in right standing I'm gonna get the quick forgiveness because I'm giving it to my brother when you make that up in your mind the spirit will go and create compassion in your heart 
Proverbs 17, 9. This is my last scripture. Proverbs 17, 9. The Bible says, in the Amplified Bible, now I want you to look at this. Look at this, because this goes to that second part. I, I skipped the scripture. Jesus said in Luke 23, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. I'll charge it to you. I'll give you the innocence, benefit of the doubt. You don't realize that it's breaking me down that way. I can forgive what you did. This deals with how it made me feel. He who covers and forgives an offense seeks what? Who don't want to be loved? Who doesn't want to dispense love to others? Who doesn't want to receive love back? If you are in the business of forgiving, you're in the business of loving. But, everybody say but. I can feel it already. This is going to set you free. But he or she who repeats or harps on a matter. You know what that means? Nagging. Who keep bringing it back up? Now, every husband kind of know what I'm talking about. You done already argued about it 16 times, and the 17th time she done walked back in here saying, and I just don't understand. Who, who she or he who repeats the matter, and every husband, I've trained y'all well because no man said amen. Y'all just looked at me and nodded slowly so your wives wouldn't see. Y'all are doing good. Y'all give the men a hand. They did real good right there. They did real good right there. You see how pitiful that applause was? When no, when no wife feeling it at that moment. That's how it is true. This is Bible. Fight me. He who harps or repeats a matter separates even close friends. If you can dispense forgiveness freely, you are seeking and gaining love. But if you just keep and over and, and over and over, well, Pastor Jay, what if it keeps happening over and over and over? It's got to be dealt with. Sure. And as many times as it happens, you need to forgive. Jesus said, Peter, and Peter brought this up. Peter was just like you. Peter brought this up and said, well, Lord, what if my brother, how many times should I forgive? Seven times a day? And Jesus said, Peter, I say to you, not just seven times a day, seven times 70 per day. If somebody can offend you that many number of times, in a day, what basically Jesus was saying is that it's impossible for one person to offend you that many times in one day. But if they get close to that number each time, you got to forgive. I'm going to hit you hard with this one. How many times in a week do we offend God? How many times do we fall short? of his standard and how often when the spirit of God which brings conviction brings it to our mind do we utter the words Lord I'm sorry Lord I forgive or God I repent help me and restore me and make me better and how many times did you hear God say I don't know about this time how many times did you hear God say, well, you said you were sorry last time and it still keeps happening? How many times did you hear God say, I don't know, I just need a minute? How many times did you hear? Not a single time. Not a single time. He just said, okay. Now, here's where I'm going to help you. You can't forgive. Not fully. Remember, forgiveness is two parts. You got to forgive what happened and you have to release how it made you feel. Listen carefully. You cannot do that by yourself. It takes the spirit of God. If I'm supposed to forgive the way God forgives, don't you think I would need God in order to make that happen? 
Doesn't that seem to make sense? Be, be holy as I am holy? Well, if I'm supposed to be holy like God, I must need God to help me to get it done. Forgive even as God has forgiven you. If he really wants me to forgive like how he forgives, I need his help in order to do it. And here's the good news about God. He's here today to help you. He's here today to help you. Some of y'all been holding on to how stuff made you feel. It's 20 years later and half of them people you mad at have died. Today is the perfect day to get unblocked and let it go. Today's the day. Let it go. Let it go. Y'all play something soft, please. Let it go. Let it go. Just release it. Just release it. Let it go. I'm about you to bow your heads. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. Bow your heads, close your eyes. When you surrender to God, there's a release. Most recently, I had to do this. Something occurred and it just kind of got me to my core and I had to just cry out to God God I don't want to be this angry God I don't want to be this hurt I don't want to be this deeply uh, uh, confused or, or wounded by what was done I want you to help me let it go and do you know no more than 30 45 seconds after I prayed that the spirit came in and almost like cleaning off an old bed started pulling it off started pulling it off and I'm just a crying and a boohooing like a baby because it's just coming off and it feels good that I don't have to be angry anymore it just feels good that I don't have to hold on to it anymore and now that particular thing I can talk about it and I don't feel any pull in my heart I don't feel any uh, ill will toward anybody I'm just free but I needed his help to get there your head is bowed your eye is closed I'm going to call out a few things. I might not call your thing specifically, but everybody in here needs to let something go. Father, help us. Father, help us. Repeat after me. Father God, forgiveness is your will for my life. Father, I need you to forgive me when I ask for it and even when I don't. I need you to forgive me and I need it quickly. So help me, help me come today, help me to forgive those who have done me wrong. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. I choose as an act of my will to forgive. We forgive adultery in Jesus' name. The betrayal and the hurt, the lying and the low self-esteem, the questions it caused you to ask. Are you not good enough? 
we forgive. We forgive emotional abuse. People constantly berating us and putting us down and never having a kind word to say, we forgive that auntie who did that. We forgive that father that never lifted us up. We forgive any sexual abuse, rapes and molestations and inappropriate touching. We forgive. Spirit of bitterness, I bind you in Jesus' name. Spirit of vengeance and anger, you've been dismissed. The Lord is here to help us. The Lord is here to help us. Physical abuse. Maybe a parent or a teacher or a, a relationship of some kind. We forgive. We forgive people for not listening to us. For always ignoring our voices and our input. We forgive and we let it go. We forgive the people who never supported us. Who could be everything to everybody else but didn't show up for us. Almost like they chose not to do it. But today, we forgive. We forgive those who abandoned us. Who forgot about us. Who promised that they'd never leave but left anyway. Today we forgive. We forgive those who stole from us. Money, cars, houses. We forgive. We forgive. Those people who borrowed money and never paid us back. We forgive. Ain't no sense in counting that no more. We forgive. Ain't no sense in remembering, oh, I did this to them. God doesn't count your wrongs. Why count theirs? Unless you want him to count your wrongs. This is a big one. We forgive those. We release those from dying early. It wasn't your time. It was too soon. It was too rough. It was too hard. It was not fair. And you left. I forgive you. I forgive you. Yeah, I'm glad to know that you're with Jesus, but I needed you here. But today, God helping me. I can forgive you. Forgive that mama for going. Forgive that daddy. Forgive that brother. I forgive the people who took loved ones away. The drunk driver, the gangbanger, the police officer. I release the court system. I forgive the people who killed my family. 
You need to be praying, I forgive. You need to be praying, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. I let it go, I let it go. I forgive the carjacker that killed my cousin. I forgive. And it's not just lip service this time. It's a fracturing of the hardness of my heart. I release them and I let it go. Forgive that husband. Forgive that wife. We forgive those who lied to us blatantly. We forgive those who lied on us and misused our name and abused us. We forgive. We let it go. We forgive our children who let us down. We forgive. Two big ones that I'm closing. We forgive God. Sometimes things happen and we blame God for happening. We blame God for what occurred. It didn't work out. It didn't go the way we thought. Forgive God. He's the author of every good and perfect gift. He didn't cause the wrong. He didn't cause the death. He didn't cause the layoff on the job. He didn't cause the abuse. But in your humanity, you place the blame on him today after all this time. Him helping you forgive him. And it sounds weird to say, but a lot of you need to say it. God, I forgive you. You didn't do anything wrong to me, and I blamed you for it. I forgive. I release it. Last one. And this might be the hardest one, but it's a good one. Forgive yourself. We are our biggest critics. Didn't make the team. Didn't get the money. Didn't get the job. Didn't start the business. Oh, and just be so on. Didn't follow up. Didn't ask. Didn't reach out. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive you for what you did and forgive yourself for how what you did made you feel. I forgive me. I forgive me. Sometimes we can dispense it to everybody else but can't stand who we see in the mirror. Forgive yourself for messing up your family, for lying, for misdeeding, for whatever it is. Forgive yourself. God helping you. You can do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that with your help, we forgave. With your help, we could let it go. With your help, we don't have to be angry anymore. 
With your help, we don't have to hunt for vengeance anymore. We can release it to you. Don't have to look at people funny anymore because today you helped me to let it go. Forgive people who misused our children. I hear that. Forgive people who did our children wrong. You did right to defend them. You did right to come to their aid, but to be holding on to it after all this time, that's not a good parent. That's unforgiveness, and it's blocked. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Father, we thank you for helping us. And not just today, but every day from here, help us that when offense comes, freely we can forgive. I think that's a good place for you to just lift your hands and just worship God. If you really did what I told you to do, you ought to feel a little freer there. You ought to free, feel a little release in your chest there. You ought to feel a little lighter. God, I thank you. Lord, I worship. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for guiding me. Thank you. Thank you. Keep me in the way of forgiveness. And we call it done. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together if you love the Lord.